Welcome back to episode three of the From the Raptors podcast. Uh, my name is Josh. And I'm Tyson. And uh, back for another week. It wasn't a super busy sports week, but definitely some things to talk about. Um, the major event this weekend was NBA All-Star Weekend. Always a fun time. And while I do enjoy the festivities, it's more of kind of a, a, a milestone for where your team is. It's kind of like a mile marker, I, I'd say more, of like, you know, this is kind of, it's not necessarily the middle of the season, but from here, you have a good idea of how the season's going to play out coming from the All-Star game. Yeah, so this is always just a pretty cool weekend, just getting an idea of how you said how things are. It gives the players, I'm sure, a break they definitely won't need. Um, it's a fun time with all the different events that they have. So overall, it's not the biggest sports week, but it's, al- it's always a fun time during the All-Star break. So the first thing we'll talk about is the dunk contest. So uh, the four competitors were... Aaron Gordon, Derrick Jones Jr., Dwight Howard, and Pat Connaughton. And I watched it, and it was overall a, a pretty entertaining dunk contest. It was it was much better, definitely, than last year's. Mm-hmm. I, I won't lie. like I haven't been too up-to-date with the past dunk contest. I did watch last year, so I don't know where it compares in the rest, but I, I definitely enjoyed watching. I felt like overall it was a pretty enjoyable thing to watch. I uh, My main concern right now with the dunk contest is it's, it's too many 50s. Be, and, but it's hard because the dunks they do are 50s. We've just kind of gotten to the point where, where guys are, you know, so good that you got to give them a 50. But I think they might need to uh, just work on the scoring a little bit. Uh, I think the I think the 50s need to become more rare. And I know that's what people want to see. They want to see 50s. But I, I'd like if the scoring it was a little more diversified. Yeah, and I agree. Um, it, that's a very hard thing, I'm sure, to get the scoring, everybody on par. And there were a lot of 50s, and you definitely don't want that because, I mean, while they were all great dunks, I feel like 50 should be reserved for, like, yeah. the top. Right. And that's just such a hard thing to get um, a baseline of and get everybody on the same page. I don't really know if that's something they will be able to actually get good at um, as far as future years goes, but that's obviously something you'd want to happen. So uh, let's just get straight to it. Did Aaron Gordon get robbed? I mean, I feel like you heard the announcers. Everybody knew that um, Aaron Gordon – um, should have won that. Did Dwayne Wade ever give any um, reason? He for said, his... he said um, two other judges gave nines, too. Don't blame me. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was his uh, excuse. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I felt like that was, I mean, just the fact that he dunked over Taco. I mean, that alone like, yeah. was something I sure didn't expect yeah. watching it. And I mean, I definitely felt like Aaron Gordon should have won that. Um, I'm only reason I'm a little conflicted is because I felt like Aaron Gordon pulled out his best two dunks earlier on. I I think he didn't save the best for last, and because he had that, I don't, I'm not going to know how to explain <laughs> it at all. But he like put it through the legs, and then it put it over mm-hmm. his head. But he was like not facing the goal, and I was like, wow, I've I've never seen that before. Like that that was insane to me. And then when Markel threw it off the side and he did the spin with the cradle, I mean he. A lot of his earlier dunks were some that I would have saved for later because he he would have gotten out of that first round. I mean, he, he wasted two 50s on the first round. That is true. And uh, and Derrick Jones, I mean, he, he at the end, you know, he did the toss off the backboard, jump over somebody in between the legs. That's something that they said has never happened before. And then he went from near the free throw line with the windmill. I mean, I, I think while I do agree, you know, this was probably Aaron Gordon's year to do it, 
Yeah, Derek Jones Jr. pulled out all the stops when he needed to, and and Gordon kind of wasted a few of his opportunities too early on. That is certainly true. Like he, I definitely enjoyed watching um Derek's um overall of his dunks were really nice. I just the best part of me was just hearing the commentators after um he dunked over Taco um Aaron Gordon. Just yeah. Like oh that's it, you dunk yeah. over Taco, you win. Yep. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but I I will also say part of the dunk contest, at least for me, is about the appearance of the dunk. And while him jumping over Taco was very impressive, the appearance of it did not look great because he kind of grazed him. Taco kind of was b- bent down by the end. It kind of looked like a posterizer in a game more than a dunk contest dunk where you clear a guy. And, and I mean, that might just be a little too, a little too nitpicky, but uh, that, that's just how I feel personally. Yeah, I mean, they were both great dunks. They I were. don't think it's as big of a robbery as people are making it out no. to be. I think he got more robbed with Levine. Yeah, when when they were doing it, because man, he, oh, oh my gosh, that that <laughs> dunk where he went under his legs over the mascot, that's like iconic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it w- it was certainly a fun dunk contest to it watch was. though. Um, that was, I I thought it was better than last year's, and I mean, if they keep, it's a dunk contest is a very hard thing to do. I feel like just because it's yeah. so hard to do something that hasn't been done. I agree. Um, I mean. If you can come up with anything unique, you're definitely on the right track. And I mean, I feel like both competitors had a um, like had a right to win. Uh-huh. I mean, honestly, I feel like that probably should have gone to another round. Like, I would have been fine yeah. with two fifty. I, I wanted to keep going. I really mm-hmm. did want to keep going. Uh, but I will say th- the most annoying thing <laughs> was was Kenny Smith on commentary. <laughs> were, were you listening to him? Yeah. After every dunk. Just, just pull out a second trophy. I know we got two back there. Just give them both one. I was like, that, that's not how this works, Kenny. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, but you know, this is this is a contest. Mm-hmm. We, we're not giving two guys trophies. It's only four guys. I mean, at this point, let's give Connaughton and Dwight Howard trophies too, because I mean, they both had 50s. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I was just by that point, I, I think I turned the commentary off. I was like, I'm, I'm just gonna watch the dunks. Um, so usually the dunk contest is kind of the highlight of the All-Star game or the All-Star weekend, but that was almost not the case. The The All-Star game was very impressive this year. Yeah, it was certainly an enjoyable watch. I know Twitter was going crazy. And then um, I don't know if you saw it, but Teddy Bruschi, um, the old Patriots linebacker, tweeted that um, at NFL Fix Your Pro Bowl. <laughs> so I mean, it was definitely a very enjoyable yeah. game compared to past years. Uh, do you like the, before we get into it, because this has kind of been around for years, but do you like the format of the captains and picking your team? I mean, I do, honestly. I, I liked it when the NFL did it. I know they've uh-huh. gone back away from it, gone towards conference v. conference. But I always think it's pretty cool to see the interactions with picks. And um, I feel like they get some more unique teams. And if you yeah. just did conference v. conference, it'd probably be the same team just about every year with right. a couple of changes. And this really allows for mix-ups. So I definitely enjoy the format. And, and I like that it's kind of like playground style. You know, like you get two captains, you pick your team. Because, I mean, the All-Star is kind of – it's like less uh, – What's the word? Less formal basketball. And I, I think the, the captains kind of show off that. But the main change this year was uh, the leading team at the end of the third quarter, they added 24 to their score in honor of Kobe Bryant. And so it was more also like a pickup game where, you know, you might play to 21 or it, it's, never, it's never a timed pickup game. If you've ever played a timed pickup <laughs> game, I don't know where you're from. <laughs> I don't know what, who you grew up with, but I, that's, that's never the way I've played it. But uh, it made it very entertaining because when you get to the end of the All-Star game, one team usually pulls ahead and it's like, okay, let's throw alley-oops to each other. Yep. And, uh, but they, they were really playing to win. 
I do really enjoy having it where you go for um, a specific score. I feel like that makes it a lot more entertaining and adds a lot. And like you said, that's how most pickup games are played. I mean, obviously, most times it's 21 or 11, yeah. whatever it may be. And that just adds a lot more to the game, I feel like. So, <laughs> when, I knew it was getting real when, when Kyle Lowry took three charges in a row. And I, <laughs> and I was like, Kyle Lowry is one of those guys that's like, I don't, I don't want you to make the All-Star game again because I just I feel like he's a fringe All-Star every year and somehow he gets in and he got another Beal this year and I was like, come on. And, and I mean, he also got another Jalen. It was a couple guys he got over and I was like, man. But uh, Bradley Beal definitely were not taking three charges at the end of the All-Star game. <laughs> so... Um, Shout out to Kyle Lowry for that. But, yeah, very enjoyable. I hate that it ended on a free throw. Yeah, a lot of people were talking about that, how that was definitely an anticlimactic end. Yeah. I mean, it didn't ruin it for me. No. It was very still and very enjoyable fourth quarter. And I mean, you, I mean, that was definitely a foul. I mean, you kind of had yeah. to call yeah. it. But it just sucks yeah. that it's the way it ended. And, uh, and so I think, I mean, people are saying they fixed the All-Star game, which I don't know if being that this is, you know, the year after Kobe Bryant passed away, of course, guys are going to play a little harder. But um, I, I do think that they have may have fixed it. If they keep it like this, I mean, it's, it's definitely going to be better than what they had in the past, so I think they need to keep it. I agree. I think there's really not much reason for them to get rid of this format and go to something else. I think you, they see all the support it got and all the good um, reviews it got. I think they'd be smart to keep it like this. I agree. So outside of the All-Star game, of course, this is also a time – where you kind of see the playoffs coming out, you look at the standings, and um, we kind of mentioned this before, but the East is, is pretty defined right now by who are your contenders, uh, who are your playoff teams, who are not. So, I mean, the Bucks are obviously n- number one and should stay that way. Yeah, I don't see any situation where the Bucks don't end up with the number one seed again. I think, really, though, anything after one, I mean, I could definitely see it switching around. I mean, I could see the Celtics passing the Raptors, or if the 76ers have a late-season surge, I could see them bumping up the standings. But, I mean, I think you have probably the eight best teams there right now. I agree. And then you can see who the top teams are and who the bottom of the standings are for sure in the East. Yeah, because, I mean, when you get to the bottom, I think that the one and two seeds are going to be pretty coveted because you play the Nets or the Magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you get to number six and you're at the Pacers, I mean, that's that's a tough team to play against. And and they always – I mean, I remember that when they took the, uh, LeBron to seven games his last year in Cleveland, I was, like, very surprised. Mm-hmm. It, they're kind of – the two through six in the East, or really one through six, because I think any of the five teams after the Bucks can give them a, a run in a seven-game series. Not that they're going to beat them, but it, it's going to be entertaining. Mm-hmm, I and, agree. Uh, so the East, you know, for as much – crap as they get about you know not being the competitive conference or being the much worse conference I mean their one through six is extremely competitive and I mean outside of the Bucks it can it can go either way any team can make a push uh and I mean honestly any team could fall off at this point I'm, if, if the 76ers continue to have issues if the heat cool down a little bit um but the the east is actually is very entertaining for me this year mm-hmm I mean, obviously, it does have more bad teams yeah, than the West does. It does. But, I mean, I think overall it's going to be a very enjoyable Eastern playoffs this year. I mean, like you said, um, I don't think I think the Bucks are the best team in the East at this moment, but I don't think they're an unbeatable team in the exactly, East. Exactly, exactly. So that's, that's where it gets interesting because that's how I didn't really like going to stay with the super team because not only are you, like you said, you were the best team in the West, and that was known, but you were unbeatable, and that's where I was – kind of like, you know, this is this probably needs to be broken up. 
but <laughs> now it's weird for me to see Golden State at the bottom of the rankings. <laughs> I kind of wish it go back. But looking at the West, I mean, the, the West is extremely competitive. So from the Nuggets at the two seed to the Mavericks at the seven seed, it's, it's a five-game difference. And let me just read off the teams in there. Uh, the Nuggets, Clippers, Jazz, Rockets, Thunder, and Mavericks. So those are six really good teams on it. I mean, you know, very talented. And I think any of them could give the Lakers a run. Could you see a situation where the Lakers don't end up with the first seed at this point? Um, if if LeBron or AD got injured, it, it'd have to be through injuries. I, I can't see them giving up the one seed. Because, I mean, if you look at the standings right now, you know, like I just mentioned, two through seven is so competitive. And number eight's the Grizzlies, which, I mean, they've been having a fantastic year. And John Morant's been great. But I, I, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'd much rather play the Grizzlies than the Mavericks. Oh, yes, you know? for sure. Or, or, I mean, any of those teams, you know, regardless who ends up at the seventh seed. So I think it's, it's a big hunt for this one seed right now in the West. And, yeah, if I'm the, if I'm the Lakers, I'm, I'm preserving that stronghold. I'm not resting, guys. Yeah. Uh, if anything, this is a time where I need to make a push. You know, 30 games left. Uh, you know, let's let's win 25 of them is how I'd feel if I was the Lakers. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, the Lakers, I do think they'll end up with the number one seed. Um, I do think, it, like you said, it would take an injury to AD or LeBron. But, I mean, like, everything's so close. And besides the Grizzlies, I mean, whoever gets the number one seed should have a pretty easy path to the next round. But, I mean, it would not surprise me at all to see if the Mavericks were to stay the seventh seed. It wouldn't surprise me to see them knock off the two seed, whether that be the Nuggets or the Clippers. Because, I mean, at any point, I feel like Luka just, could just take over a game. I agree. I agree. And, I mean, you, you have Porzingis. That that Mavericks team, I mean, Rick Carlisle has been a great coach for years. That that Mavericks team is built to beat people. You know, they're not they're – not, they're, they're in a seventh seed right now, but they're not – they're much better than that. Yeah, I don't think honestly, I don't think they'll end this as the seventh seed. I, I could definitely see them passing the Thunder and probably yeah. the Rockets as well. I mean, I think yeah, the the main team because the Lakers are number one, but I think these teams are probably gonna try to avoid the Clippers. If if I'm playing the Nuggets, I'm I'm not very scared right. because the Spurs took them to seven last year and then they lost to the Blazers. I'm for as for as good as they are, they seem like a regular season team to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when it gets to the playoffs, for as good as Jokic is, you don't have a few guys that you can just go to. Uh, the Clippers would would scare me. Oh I, yes, for <laughs> sure. Uh, I would not want to play Kawhi, Paul George. I mean that that whole roster, and they just keep getting better. They they got Reggie Jackson off a buyout, uh, traded for Marcus Morris. That's that's a team I'm avoiding at all costs. The the Jazz are a sneakily scary team, because. I mean, they're they're well coached. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert is probably the best defensive player in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have Mike Conley, who's super solid. I mean, that's just a solid team throughout, and that's a team. The Jazz are are interesting because I don't see them like you know handling teams, but I think they can play take any team in this Western Conference to six games, including the Lakers. Yeah, the West. I mean, this might be wishful thinking, but I think right now any of these top seven teams could come out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I could agree to that. Uh, I I don't see the Thunder. Really well, doing yeah, much. okay, yeah. Um, but besides them, I mean, I could definitely see that every team has a. a I don't think, like, as you mentioned, the Nuggets and the Thunder are the two that, despite the Nuggets' record, that stand out to me is I don't really have a shot. But I mean, from the Mavericks, Rockets, Clippers, Lakers, I could see any of them coming out. Yeah. So, what would be your finals prediction as of today? I mean, honestly. What interests me the most is that possible Clippers-Lakers matchup in the Western Conference Finals. 
um, Paul George and Kawhi versus LeBron and Anthony Davis. That would be an amazing game. And honestly, I don't know who I'd have in that. That, that that's tough for me. The West is going to be either the Lakers or the Clippers. And then at the East at this point, it could be any of the top five teams, honestly. I don't have a team right now that I think stands so far above that I can make a prediction. I mean, if I had to go with just the obvious prediction at this point, I guess everybody's saying is the Bucks, Lakers. And I think that's a pretty safe prediction, but I could easly see the Celtics coming out, or obviously that's a little biased. (laughs) What do you think? Um, You know, for for as good as the Bucks are, we kind of saw last year – with the Raptors that, you know, they can be beaten. And I think, you know, all it really takes is some poor shooting from the guys surrounding Giannis because they're built for Giannis to go off and for the, everybody around him to shoot the ball well. And, I mean, I, I'm i not ruling out that, you know, you come into a series and a few guys on the Bucks don't shoot well. And, you know, for as good as Giannis is, and he could still go off that series, um, that, you know, that they lose in, in six or seven games. I think the Raptors honestly have a good matchup because I think Siakam can contain Giannis probably as good as anybody can in the league. I mean, I'd say outside of, like, Kawhi. I th- like, if, if you gave me a guy and said that you pick a guy to guard Giannis, uh, outside of Kawhi, I'm picking Pascal Siakam. Mm-hmm. And said so the, so the Raptors, I mean, they play great defense. They're well coached. They have a lot of veteran players. They've been here. They won it last year. I mean, they don't have Kawhi, granted, <laughs> but... I mean, it, it's still a, a very well-oiled machine. And, I mean, as for the Celtics, I, I really don't think their their record shows. And <laughs> this is going to be very biased, but I don't think their record shows actually, you know, how good they've been this year. They have been really good this year. Yeah, they started out on, what, like 10-1 and one it was or yeah. something like that. And they went on a stretch where they were like 2-6, and 2-7. and seven. Yeah. And that really killed their record. But, like if, you said. If they, they hit their stride, as soon as the Celtics – this is going <laughs> to the bias right now is going to be crazy, but if the Celtics hit their stride, I don't think there's a team in the league that can beat them. Yeah, I mean, when you got Jason's Tatum going off like he's been, you had Jalen Brown, who's a little bit cool here recently, but we've seen how he could play this year. Uh-huh. Kimba, who's took a back step, he's like, Jason Tatum, this yeah. is your team. He's but still, but he but can we still know, drop 40. Right, we know when we, if, if, if we need it, Kimba's going to step up. He's, he still has that... Hornets in him where, you know, he can yep. take over a game if he needs to. Hayward played so good. I yeah. mean, this game, this team is so deep. And then, I mean, you, and then you have Smart. Uh, you have Grant Williams. He, he's been starting to play better recently, mm-hmm. coming off the bench for us, getting a few more minutes. Tyson Cancer has played pretty good. Pretty good. I, I mean, mean they've can't. been solid enough at the five spot for, yep. for what the Celtics have needed. So, yeah, I mean, all, all it takes is a, is a few hot games from Tatum, Kimba. I mean, the, their whole core group of guys. I think that's what's scariest about the Celtics is they have the, the biggest core of guys that can go off. Because when you look at the Raptors, it's, it's kind of Lowry or, or Siakam. And then with the Bucks, yeah, Middleton and Bledsoe have their games, but it's mainly Giannis. Mm-hmm. With the Celtics, you, I mean, you have to be wary of, of Tatum, Brown, Hayward, and Kimba. And I mean that's that's a lot, <laughs> and um, yep. and I think the Heat are are built similar, because I mean Jimmy Butler's obviously their guy, but they have a lot of different guys that can catch fire, and and you never know when it's going to happen. They're probably the deepest team, which this is the only reason I would say they may not succeed in the playoffs because coaches kind of cut down their rotations. That's true. You get your best seven or eight guys out there, and they play a lot more minutes, and I think it's going to be hard. Either the Heat are going to play some guys that are not as good more, and that could be to their detriment, or they cut minutes of guys that could possibly 
extremely helped their rotation. And then obviously the 76ers, they got a great starting five in yeah. their chemistries together. Um, and I mean, coaches. I mean, he's not bad, obviously, but they're, they're 34 and 21. But they have a bunch of players that could go off in a playoff game yeah. easily. That they're they're similar as well. Mm-hmm. So that and then I mean the Pacers. The the thing with the Pacers is they're solid. And they they might scare you, but I just don't see them really beaten. I don't think any of those top five teams are worried about coming across the Pacers I, at this I don't point either. in the playoffs. I don't either. I mean, maybe the Heat, the yeah. Heat and the Pacers. If if Victor Oladipo kind of catches fire by the end of the season and gets back to full health and is playing the way he was before he got injured, I, I'd be a little scared of the Pacers. Uh, but outside of him, I'm I'm not worried. And then the Nets, I'm not worried because I mean for this season they're they're not playing for this season. They're playing for next season. You know when Kevin Durant's back, when Kyrie's. Did you see how Kyrie's out. back out? Indefinitely? Oh, is he? Yeah. I did. I did. He had he had to get a knee. Get, didn't have his knee looked at. It was his knee or his shoulder. Yeah, or it's something. it's always something. I'm not. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to slander Kyrie. And yeah. Out for weeks. Yeah. Uh, Said. So I mean the Nets aren't playing for this year. And they and they may give your team a scare as well because I mean if Dan Woody and Kyrie catch fire together, you know, cool. But um, but I don't see them beating anybody in in seven games. And then the Magic, I'm, I don't <laughs> think we need to talk about them. No. I mean last year when the Pistons made the playoffs and just got absolutely embarrassed by the Bucks. Do you, do you remember that? I, I think so a little bit. Yeah. They were they were losing games like <laughs> thirty or forty points. In Did the they playoffs. lose in four? They lost in four. Yeah. It, it was it was never close. It was like the end of the first quarter. It was not close. Um, and so I can see a very similar thing happening to the Magic this year. Have they year. already 100% ruled out like there's no way KD could come back for a playoff run? I, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> now, that would make things very <laughs> interesting. And whoever's in that two seed would be very scared because yeah. a healthy Kyrie and KD on the Nets is, man, that would probably make them definitely a top three team in the East mm-hmm. easily. And – uh I would assume with the torn Achilles, no. But, I mean, crazier things have, de- have definitely happened. Are, are you looking it up? Yeah, I'm trying to see if there's been anything said for sure. Um, uh, they're saying he's still not close to return. Okay. I, mean, I don't see nothing saying like he's 100%. Right. Won't make the playoffs I, or play it. I doubt he would. They probably don't want to rush him back. And right. Kind of like they did in the playoffs last year. And So, let's just talk about Warriors. hypothetical – if the Nets, st- let's just say this is how it plays out in the East, which it, it probably won't. Things are going to shape up. But the Nets finish at seven, and they and they stun the two seed, and they make it to the second round, and KD's feeling a little bit better. <laughs> Do you give them limited minutes? I mean, you, you got to play him in that situation. Yeah. If Kyrie's playing, I mean, you've got a chance to possibly make it to the finals. I mean, right. if KD's willing to go out there, I think you put him out there in that situation. I, I agree. So, I mean, th- this is playing out to be a pretty entertaining playoffs this year. And I, I hope it is. I could see a few teams, like I could see the Thunder not putting up much of a fight, especially if the Clippers stay at three. Now, the, the Thunder Nuggets could be an interesting series. Um, but it, it's some teams in there that I think are not as good as their records show. And there's some teams in there that are probably better than where they are in the standings. And so I think I wouldn't even call them upsets because it's kind of, at this point, common knowledge that you know the Mavericks could play with the Nuggets in a seven-game series, but you're gonna see you know some six or seven seeds probably come out of the first round. I, I would definitely not be surprised. If you had a 100% Lakers team and 100% Clippers team in a playoff game right now, Game Seven, who would you have coming out of it? That that's tough. Um, 
So, yeah, I, I really like the Clippers. Mm-hmm. I really like the way they were built this year, but they don't have an answer for Anthony Davis. And, and that's been scaring me all year because I, I think about it. I was watching them play – I was watching them play the Sixers, and in the in the paint between Ben Simmons and Embiid and Horford, they I mean the Clippers couldn't stop them. Mont- Montrez Harrell, for as much of a hustle guy that he is, and he is a good defender, he's only six eight, and you know, and a seven foot AD, a seven foot JaVale McGee, a seven foot Dwight Howard, a six eight LeBron James, it, it's it's hard, you know, for him in the paint. You consistently have three of those guys in your face on on every single play. And then, I mean, Zubats has, has not been great. He's not getting a lot of minutes. I would have liked for them – I mean, Morris and, and uh, Reggie Jackson have been good pickups for the Clippers. But uh, but it's really been – you know, they've needed a big man. And there's also a possibility else. that Cousins comes back for the playoffs as well. He's only on an ACL tear, right? He, mm-hmm. He's So – and he tore it, what, in the playoffs of last year? Yeah. So, yeah. And I was just reading some articles. There is a possibility he returns for the playoffs. So that's right. just another right. So, but but at the same time, if the Clippers really slow it down, because the Lakers like to play fast, and mm-hmm. and that's kind of surprising considering the way their roster was built. You think they might want to slow it down and feed the post, but they don't. They they like to get out in transition, hit the big guys for lobs, and you know they play a very fast paced game. I think if the Clippers bogged them down, if they if they really sit down and play defense, which I know they can. And you know, run the clock, the shot clock down on the Lakers. I think that's where you get scared because I don't think the Lakers have the shooting to, you know, if if the clo- if the uh, shot clock hits six seconds, I don't know, you know, outside of LeBron or AD, you know, who you go to really to score. Yeah, that's a good point. I do think that's going to be such a good matchup if I, we do I get it. I'd be very disappointed if we didn't get that matchup. I think it's going to be such a good game. I don't because I, I, obviously I don't know if both teams would be one hundred percent. Yeah, I think that'll probably be the deciding factor. That would, health. that would, and uh, but at at a hundred percent, I mean, hopefully, you know, if if they both go at a hundred percent, it I hope it's it's a great series. I hope it goes to seven. Mm-hmm. That's one of those series where you know I would hate if that just like one team just ends up being so much better than the other and we couldn't have predicted it. That that's one of the series I'd want to see go seven, mm-hmm. and I want it to go down to the wire. And, I mean, it, it could be one of the, one of the better playoff series of all time, you know, like yeah. a classic. And I hope these two teams, you know, stay, stay together because with the NBA, guys changing so much, free agency, uh, the inability to pay guys for, you know, extremely long times because you, you always want to get that next guy in. I hope this is, this is more than just a one-year thing, like, oh, you know, the Battle of L.A., but, but then, you know, somebody leaves or somebody gets hurt. Right. Um, but, yeah, that's definitely the major story coming out of the West. And I think it, it would really upset people if one of these teams stuns the, the Lakers or Clippers. Yeah, but I mean, that would hurt a lot of people. It would, but I'd be interested to see it. Mm, uh, oh, yeah, for sure. Any upset is a good upset. I'd be interested to see, because right now the Rockets are sitting at five, then make it to the second round and have to play the Lakers. Uh, you know, if, if their small ball is effective. <laughs> if, if they happen to outlast the Lakers for a series. It, it's a lot of storylines coming out of this Western Conference right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, Luka Doncic is one of the most talented players in the NBA, and his team's situated at seven right now. And But he could, I think he could easily you know, help, help the Mavericks win a playoff series. And I think they could move up because they're tied with the Thunder right now. They're one and a half games back from the Rockets. So they could slide into that five seed. It's just I'm really interested to see what the NBA is going to do uh, down the stretch of the like last 30 games because I think it's going to be a lot of changing within the conferences 
Uh, and it's going to be a lot of games that start meaning a lot to different teams. Yeah, I think we're in store for a great end of the season and a great playoff run. I agree. So we'll definitely stay tuned on that. So more MLB news. Um, the Astros scandal, it just it just continues to get worse. <laughs> yep. You know, I mean, when the news broke, it's like, you know, wow, that's terrible. But, you know, now that the commissioner, it, it seems, has not handled it well. Players are coming out on Twitter. I saw Mike Trout said something. LeBron James. LeBron said something. I mean, it's people from all different sports. Uh, and it's people outside of sports. I mean, it's just people in general. It Honestly, this is the first time for me that the MLB has, has garnered this much attention. And it sucks that it has to be for a scandal. But um, but it's it's a very interesting development right now. Right, and I mean, I think if Manfred could go back, he'd probably do things a little bit differently because yeah. of all the outrage. I think the biggest issue people have is obviously the punishment that the Astros got. Um, their GM and their coach were, or the, excuse me, their GM and their manager were um suspended a year and ended up getting fired. Um, they were fined a draft pick and money, but. A lot of people wanted more. They wanted personal players to yeah. get punishments. They wanted um, the title stripped. And, I mean, that's really tough. Like, I can understand Manfred's position. Um, you don't really you, – you, you want the support of the players. You want to find out exactly what happened. Right. Maybe that meant offering immunity to the players. Uh-huh. And I do feel like – because it's coming out and it's reported that they were cheating – during the entire year, during the playoffs, and during the World Series, that oh, really? they won the title, and I think at that point you have to take it away. Yeah, I I I read an article today, uh, just kind of breaking down everything that's happened within you know really the past week, and I mean they were just saying it's no, uh, like real evidence that you know they they won the World Series because they cheated. And, you know, especially because they're predicted to be one of the best teams in baseball still. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it's, it, and it is hard to say because they're obviously a talented team. But, I mean, I, I just, even if they if it doesn't get stripped, it's going to be one of the hugest asterisks in sports oh, yeah, beside that sure. title right there. You know what I mean? Like, I just can't see people even caring that they won a title that season past this, even if it doesn't get stripped. And let me just say, there, there's going to be so many Astros players that get flack and their stats even drop a little bit right. this season. So I agree. Like, oh, so you had these good stats because you knew what the pitch was coming. Oh, I see. I didn't even think about that from the player's standpoint. Yeah. Like, sure, they had good stats this year, but even if they just have a down year, every fan is just going to blame it on the fact they knew what pitchers were coming. Right. And uh, so, so do you think they should have come down harder on the players? I mean, honestly, I think so. I mean, you had Jose Altuve, who won the MVP that year. See, he should be stripped of that. Yes, uh, that's what a lot of people are saying. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, because, I mean, it's pretty easy to do good if you know exactly right. what pitch is I, coming. I've heard he's been pretty defensive at the media about it. He hasn't really Did been Did you see so. the whole issue with him? So the idea, not only are they stealing signs, a lot of people think they had buzzers. Oh. on their body uh-huh. to prevent them from, uh, or to like give a sign based on the pitch or whatever. Right. And whenever, this was last year, whenever Artuve, I believe it was last year, hit the home run to send the Astros to the World Series, uh-huh. he, he like wouldn't let them take his shirt off. Oh, now, he I, says, I did see that. I, he did, says I do remember it's because he had a bad tattoo. And then he also said because <laughs> he didn't want to do it because of his wife or his girlfriend. Wow. But a lot of people think it was because he had a buzzer under it. Uh, yeah. I, wow. <laughs> I I mean, it very well could be because I don't I don't know why you wouldn't let your your teammates take your jersey off. Like you know, that's just that's a weird thing 
to to be insecure about. I mean, who cares if he has a bad he's tattoo? He's taken it off before. It's been pulled really? off before. Yeah. yeah. And and it's like, you know, you just hit a home run to go to the World Series. He's going to say, wow, Jose Altuve has a bad tattoo. You know what I mean? Or his wife's going to say, why would you let your teammates pull your shirt off? Yeah. Like yeah. When he was running to home, he was like holding I, it. I saw, I've, seen the, yeah. I've seen the video, yeah. Man. See, yeah. and that just added a different element. I think if I think if that came out, you must definitely have to strip the title because that's that's well, taking I mean, th- even a step farther. This was last year, though. Oh, okay. They won the series, or they won the title in 2017. They're obviously still. They cheated that year. That was the main year, right? But last year was the, was the one with the buzzer and stuff. Is where they just they, went? To they the cheated last year as well. I mean, I'm pretty sure that right. that a lot of the videos with like the trash can banging and stuff came from last year as well. Okay. Okay. So. Man, that see it, it it's very complicated I think because had it happened right after the season had they found this out I think it would have been a lot more developments and people being able to find stuff out easier mm-hmm. but because it's 2 years removed you know it, it's hard to to look back that far and you know look at specific moments um and you have a lot of mad Dodger fans who lost the Astros in the World Series right. in 2017 who are thinking like dang we should have won. won that right yeah. we, we should have know a World what Series pitches title. we were throwing yeah I saw it, this was a while ago, but I saw a picture, I don't remember who it was, and he tweeted, and he was like, you know, a guy on steroids, you know, if I'm a pitcher, I'm, I'm much more scared of a guy stealing my signs than a guy on steroids. He's like, because a guy on steroids, yeah, he's going to hit the ball harder, you know, if he hits it, he was saying, but, you know, a guy stealing signs is going to know how to hit it or when <laughs> to hit it. And so, I mean, that just changes everything. I, I think, you know, that's, that's like spot on. Yeah. Uh, is you know how how easy it would be to you know get a hit and yeah that's kind of kind of off topic that's why I feel like for instance Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame like, right he had he was the best player in baseball for years and we don't probably he was probably on steroids yeah. a little bit <laughs> but I mean that anybody there were so many people on steroids not everybody was hitting seventy home runs this season uh, right and and so because I, I I don't want to be like a like a pro steroids guy <laughs> but um but it's kind of one of those things that it's like. It, it it makes you better, but you you still have to work. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not like I, I take this pill or I get this injection and then I'm the greatest baseball player tomorrow. Right. If I took steroids right now, I still wouldn't be able to be close <laughs> to hitting a home run. You know what I mean? Because I right. don't play baseball. But if I could steal a sign, I, I think it'd be definitely more beneficial. You know, to because I mean you know what's coming, and I mean it, and that's for any sport. You know, if you were in basketball. And you know you knew every other team's play the minute they were running it, and you knew when the screen was coming to come to you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or you knew when this guy was going to do a crossover. You, you'd be great at defense. And I, I man, it's just at this point though, I don't know if Manfred can walk back. Like he's already put down yeah. the punishments. I don't know if he can come out and say, well, actually, we're going to take the trophy away and right. uh, this MVP away. I don't think he can do that at this point. I don't think he would do that at this point. So. I mean, but like you said, nobody's t- gonna take that World Series serious right. for ever. And and sometimes, uh, you know, the court of public opinion is even more powerful than the actual courts. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, even you know, just the idea that that it was found out and people know and people are not gonna respect that title. I, I'm not gonna say it's enough because I would like to see it stripped. But it, it's a it's a fairly decent amount. I mean, I think in terms of history and in people's opinion, this will be right up there with the Black Sox yeah. of the um, 1910s, I think it was. I think yeah. it was like 1916, something like 20s. that. Yeah. Yeah. I think this ago. will be like considered right up with there. I agree. I mean, I mean, this is one of the biggest cheating scandals 
I mean, and they ever. didn't even cheat. They just gambled. They mean, just gambled. They just and threw it. Yeah. The Astros, did, what they did was worse, really. Right, because they, wanted, because they wanted to gain an advantage. Yeah. The Black Sox just wanted to make they some did, money. They just wanted <laughs> to lose. <laughs> right. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, this, is, this has got to be up there. With the you know some of the biggest cheating scandals of all time, mm-hmm. so but but I'm interested. I'm gonna stay tuned. I'm probably gonna be more attentive to the MLB this season, honestly, because it, I know that sounds bad. It's like you know it <laughs> takes a scandal for me to watch baseball, but uh, <laughs> but but it's interesting. And uh, I mean you know it's just it, I'm not gonna say it's good for sports, but but I mean for inter- entertainment factor, it's definitely good for sports. Another thing that's gonna be interesting to watch is Astros batters getting hit. I've, I, I heard so about that, too. The thing is, it's kind of going to be a push-and-pull thing because I think Manfred is going to be real quick with the suspensions. Yeah. And he's not going to want – like, obviously, getting hit is a part of baseball. It happens. Uh-huh. But I'm thinking, like, at the, at the beginning of the season, if it's obvious they're doing it on purpose, players are going to be getting suspended left and right, and right. it's going to slow it down. But I do expect the Astros to be hit a lot this year. I think the betting prop is 85 balls. Really? Yes. <laughs> wow. I mean, and a normal, like, uh, I think it was the Mets or the Royals, they got uh-huh. hit by 95 balls. So that's oh, okay. not too abnormal. Right. But, yeah. But still, that, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, I also think if, if Manfred, you know, went ahead and gave out punishments right now, it, it might be less incentive to hit guys because it's like they've already kind of yeah. know, paid their I dues. I think that's the big issue. They haven't right. been punished. None so, of the players. So I think, you, I think you need to punish the players at this point for their own safety. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, if a guy kind of, you know, gets what's coming to him from another way, you don't feel like you have to be the one to give it to him. The only issue with that is that he's probably already offered immunity to the players. And true. at this point, Very true. you can't walk back on that. Right. And it's, it's crazy to think, I don't know how much you know the details of how this actually came out, but if it wasn't for Mike Fires, who was a pitcher for the Astros that season, nobody would know a thing about this. H- how'd he find out? Well he, well, he was part of the team right? that was doing it. And then he, well, he's he been on a couple of different teams this year, and he was the one that reported it. He was frustrated? or Well, I mean, no. He just did it? He was, Yeah, he's been playing for different teams, so oh. he just whistleblowed the whole thing. Wow. So nobody would know a thing. And then once he did that, people started watching the games, and that's when you hear all like the trash can videos uh-huh. and the banging. And it became obvious. But if it wasn't for him, nobody would have said a thing. Obviously, all the Astro players knew it, but they weren't right. on a series ring. They weren't going to say anything. Exactly. <laughs> wow. That, that, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad it came out, though. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, it was, I'm sure it would come out at some point uh, through some way. Somebody's going to talk right. eventually. Right. But, but, uh, but, but I'm glad it happened, and I'm, I'm interested to see. I'm going to keep following it for sure. It would be interesting to see if anything else changes um, between now and the beginning of the season in terms of um, punishments or whatever. Right. Okay, so uh, final topic before, of course, we I pick a player and we talk about them. Uh, week two of the XFL. So I know the TV ratings haven't come out yet, but from what I've heard, the local TV ratings were pretty good for week two. They didn't. I, they they might have actually risen mm-hmm. rather than dropped, and I know in the stadiums the the numbers are a little skewed because they the attendance was like higher this week, but they also had a few teams. It was their first home game, so you can't really you know judge it off you yeah. know, compared to last week. But I know Houston had another home game this week, and they it, they hardly dropped at all in attendance. DC dropped like two thousand, but it was still pretty strong. Like fifteen thousand people came to the game, so it it, it looks like. The XFL, I mean, this is very early, but has some staying power. It wasn't just like a people. People obviously tuned in for week two after what they saw in week one, um, which is which is very good for the league. 
And uh, so I was watching, I'm sure you watched it too, the Flimlo Raps. Mm-hmm. Shout out to him. He's like my favorite <laughs> YouTuber. But uh, so he made a video talking, recapping the XFL this week. And he kind of said his main concern is a quarterback play. I think that is a very good concern. I completely agree with him and you because uh, we were talking about earlier, and he said it as well. There's three quarterbacks that yeah. are far above everybody else, and um, Cardell Jones, um, Jordan Te'amu, and PJ Walker. And PJ Walker. Yeah. And then after them, you have a large gap, and you definitely saw some poor QB play this week. I I was somewhat surprised. Uh, I didn't watch all of the Dallas Renegades game, but I saw Landry Jones throw like a bad interception. I watched some of the LA. I kind of just watched. I watched all of the defenders, uh, guardians, and I kind of like sporadically Same. watched the rest. And uh, but I heard the Houston St. Louis game was really good. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of disappointed I missed that. And I mean, I'll give Landry Jones a little pass for this game. Uh, I know he's it was been his hurt. first game back. Yeah. And obviously everybody played their first game last week, but he hasn't probably been able to practice as much as he wants to. So right. I'll give him a little bit of a pass, and it'll be interesting to see how he plays next week. But I mean. You have Matt McGloin throw some bad passes. Um, didn't the Vipers start another quarterback this yeah, week? Yeah, that Aaron Murray was hurt. Oh, he was hurt. Uh, so they they tried out him and Quentin Flowers and uh, both of them. I think Quentin there was Flowers, another quarterback. I feel like I can't remember what his name was, but I don't, um, we can look it up. Um, gosh, <laughs> see, he I had never heard of him before. Yeah. The so. defenders look great. Like the t- their two top teams, the two teams that are two and zero at this point. They, they're they're really fun to watch, and and that's where I mean the the league has been you know great, in in that sense is that you know you have a few teams that are just are just really exciting, and every week I want to tune in, and I, I I really like watching Cardell Jones. Yes, because he's, he's very a, entertaining. He's, and PJ Walker's entertaining, and Tayamu's entertaining, and so was it. Uh, I'm looking at it now. Um, it was Cornelius. Taylor Cornelius, how yeah. how did he play? Not good. He threw two interceptions. Yeah, and then Quentin Flowers threw one as well, right? Yep. And they scored their first touchdown of the season. And that was the only one they've scored. They they've put up twelve points all year. And then Brandon Silvers threw for ninety one yards, a touchdown, and interception. For uh, who's he playing um, for? The Dragons. Oh yeah, but the Dragons did win. Yes. And then what what were McGloin's stats? Because I watched that <laughs> game and man, he was terrible. He didn't play after halftime, right? I know he uh, was like um he was criticizing the coach he and was stuff he, and they got it benched, got I believe. it got really weird because McGloin you know they haven't mic'd up on the sidelines he he told the backup quarterback this is the the worst football game he's ever been a part of um he blamed the coach he he, he told him at halftime they need to change their entire offensive game yep. plan which I mean how are you gonna do that at halftime man and and a, a lot of the passes were him just making bad throws mm-hmm. uh, more than anything else well, it means we get more Marquise Williams. I'm not going to complain. I, I agree. What What were his stats? Um, he went um four for eight for 51 yards. What it What about McGloin? Uh, he was eight for 19 for two interceptions for 44 yards and two interceptions. Yes. Yeah. I mean he was he was terrible and their offense couldn't get anything going. Now now granted that defender's defense is is really good mm-hmm. and they've shown it for for two weeks in a row how talented they are on that side of the ball, but I mean. Is is the quarterback play scaring you in in terms of staying power for this league? I mean, I do think that should, is probably their biggest worry at this point. Um, yeah, like you have obviously the top quarterbacks, but I mean, you you're not gonna get good games. Like when you have games such as that Vipers Dragons game, when you had two quarterbacks underperform, it was seventeen to nine, and obviously you get that in the NFL. Sometimes you have a Bortles somebody matchup, right? That's not entertaining, <laughs> but you can't have. 
you can't have three good quarterbacks and then the rest be bad. That's yeah. just not a recipe for success. So how do you think they're kind of going to uh, address this? I One of the things I would say, though, is that they have some good backups on some teams that could potentially start for other teams. I Like Tyree Jackson is backing up Cardell Jones right now. If you're unfamiliar with him, he's a 6'7 quarterback. He played at Buffalo. He's got a cannon, but he's also pretty fast. I mean, he's just he, – I don't know how good he'd be, but he, he'd definitely be more entertaining. And you have Tyree Jackson just sitting on the bench for the defenders. And I think anywhere else, you know, he, he starts. We've already seen one XFL trade. It wouldn't surprise me right. if there's another one. So I, I would be interested. I could see the league kind of maybe pushing the Guardians or the Vipers or even the Dragons with Brandon Silvers to say, hey, how, how about y'all go out and get a quarterback, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, how about y'all trade for a quarterback? Because it's, it's one of those things that I think a lot of people – it just has to be more uh, balanced throughout the league because, it's, like you said, it's hard with three good guys and, and uh, yeah, five <laughs> pretty bad mm-hmm. quarterbacks. It's, it's hard to watch. I was just looking at the schedule because I, I was curious. We have to wait all the way to week seven for a Defenders Roughnecks matchup. Man, that, that's going to be a great game then. Man, that's a Sunday night game. Uh-huh. Yes, so, so I mean, I, and Landry Jones, of course, I think he's going to keep his starting position, and I yeah, think he'll oh, get better as the season I goes do agree. on. Landry Jones is too talented of a quarterback for him to just not perform. Yeah. There's no way they don't need a quarterback. I think the Vipers and maybe the, the Vipers, they're just by far and away the worst team in the XFL. Yeah, and, and I love their jersey, so it kind of <laughs> disappoints me. <laughs> yeah, it's the only uh, redeeming quality of yeah. them. Yeah, it, it's like the only one because it's, it's nothing else on that team I'd want to watch. Uh, but, like, for L.A., I mean, they have Josh Johnson, who, you know, has been around kind of like an NFL journeyman veteran. He's been pretty good. And, I mean, yeah, yesterday— two interceptions and zero—or two touchdowns Two touchdowns, interceptions, yeah. Almost 200 yards. So, I mean, he's solid. But when I was watching that game a little bit, he missed a couple deep throws, like, wide open. And it, I think it's more—not necessarily the stats. I mean, the stats obviously show some of these guys are not playing too good. But uh, some of it is also just, you know, just missing throws. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of guys just missing throws right now. And it's only the second week, but I, I think it has to get better. they got to show a little bit of improvement from these quarterbacks. One thing I noticed in watching in the stat show as well was the um, – uh, the Dallas, um, their running game, they were really strong with Cameron Artis Payne. Yeah, he, he had a great game. 99 yards, two touchdowns. And you had Lance Dunbar with 42 yards um, running and then another um, 34 yards catching. Right. And I think them, and if Landry Jones improves a little bit with as he gets healthier, I think that will be, be another good team. I mean, at this point, I think the top four teams, the Defenders, um, the Roughnecks, the um, Battlehawks, Battle Hawks, and, the, and uh, the Renegades. Renegades yeah. And and L.A. does not seem far off. I mean, they lost no. by a touchdown to uh, Dallas. They, they lost pretty bad to Houston last week, but Houston's obviously probably th- – uh, Denver, D.C. is the best team in the league. Yeah, I think uh, at this point I do think they have the best quarterback. I mean, I like Cardio Jones, but I think yeah. at this point – P.J. Walker's the best. He's playing the best. He is. It, I'm going to be interested to use like MVP and stuff like that. It's, yeah. it's going to be entertaining. I mean, I think at this point it would go to P.J. Walker just because yeah. he has, what, seven touchdowns at this point through two weeks, which yeah. is pretty good. Uh, so also, I mean, is it concerning that those guys could potentially go to the NFL? I mean, I would be very surprised if P.J. Walker, Cardo, John, neither of them didn't get a contract. I'd be very surprised. But I think as those go, you're going to have plenty of college quarterbacks who, I agree. Th- who get drafted and then don't make a roster. Um, you were mentioning earlier, like Shea Patterson. I think he's a prime candidate to find himself on XFL roster yeah. next year. And and it's a lot of guys in college that are you know very entertaining to watch. 
and then you know just don't for some reason or another just can't make it to the NFL and uh, gosh I'm blanking on his name but the guy from he was a quarterback from Penn State last year got drafted by the Ravens because he's a scrambling quarterback but he's like was like four four speed at the combine I mean it, it's some guys like that I I did see. You know, people. One of the complaints was that they they run very old school offenses. All of the coaches, and they kind of want to see some quarterbacks that are a little more uh, not so, I guess, yeah. like pro style. You know, because you have McGloin, Silvers, Murray, Johnson, Jones are all you know very pro style quarterbacks. And then the three that are really taking over the league are guys. <laughs> you know, that can get outside of the pocket. Yep. Cardale's not necessarily a scrambler, but he's kind of like Big Ben. Where you know he extends plays and he he breaks sacks and you know he he throws cool passes. Tayamu has been running a lot. He at mm-hmm. least ran a lot week one. I'm not sure about his stats in week two, but um, PJ Walker is just he's just amazing. Uh, so I, I I agree that the XFL should probably you know try to find some guys that are a little more unconventional at at the quarterback position because it's just going to make the league more entertaining. You know nobody wants to watch even if. Aaron Murray has a good game. It's just not as fun to watch yeah. as a guy that you know is scrambling, is getting out of the pocket, is making big plays. And uh, Tabu um, rushed for 32 yards and touchdown. Okay, so yeah, so to go with his three passing touchdowns. Right. So the so the quarterback play, it, it, I'm not gonna say it's been bad because you know to have three quarterbacks that have that have stood out and been so well, uh, the AAF never had that. No. You know and and it was never really an AAF quarterback that stood out to me personally. I can't remember. Right, and so just just to have three guys that are starting to get name recognition. I mean, people already knew Cardo Jones. I was unfamiliar with P.J. Walker. Yeah, I, I, I was somewhat familiar either. with Tayamu because of D.K. Metcalf uh, and A.J. Brown coming out of Ole Miss last year. He was a quarterback that played with them. Did he get drafted, or did he sign with a team at all? I don't, I don't think so. I, he definitely didn't get drafted. I don't know if he signed with the team. Uh, he may have been in some camps, but. I, I don't think he ever. Yeah, was according to this, he was in the Houston Texans. So. Okay, in their camp. Yeah, yeah. So Practice squad. So I mean, it, it's it's really good to see those guys, but I I don't know the XFL. I mean, it it's only week two, so I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. But um, oh, kind of random, but he's the only one of the XFL's starting quarterbacks to not have any professional regular season experience. Oh really? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Look how well he's doing. Yep. Uh. So, yeah, we're not going to get too ahead of ourselves, but the quarterback play is somewhat concerning, especially if these if these three guys end up leaving. That's that's going to hurt a lot. But I'm I'm not too worried, and the league's still been entertaining. And kind of like Flimlo mentioned, though, if they do leave, I mean, that helps the XFL kind of solidify themselves as what they probably want to be as sort of a feeder right. um, partner league. And, I mean, it's pretty hard for the NFL to deny them if they have a bunch of players they get signed after the season, which certainly yeah. wouldn't surprise me. I, I think it's definitely going to happen. I mean, it's, it's been a lot of talent in the XFL. and it's You had Raheem Moore with another interception, I believe it was, yeah. or a fumble recovery he or something. He had something. He had a good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's going to be hard to see a couple of these guys not getting signed. And if you if you get three quarterbacks signed, I mean, if, if I'm a college QB and I'm a six-round pick, I might, you know, weigh my options as being an XFL guy before I go to the NFL, and, you know, bounce around practice squads and, you know, just see where I land. It was a forced fumble that Raheem okay. Moore had. Okay, so, yeah, so he's two I weeks. I could definitely see him going back to the takeaways, NFL. Right, because he was he was always a, a solid NFL player. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, I mean, it, the XFL having talent is, is definitely not a bad thing. It's a win-win because, like you said, you either become a feeder to the NFL 
or I mean, you build up a great league. I want. Do you, how would you think a partnership would work? Like I was thinking about that the other day. Like I'm not sure how that would actually work. Yeah, it, maybe it's sort of like maybe I don't know. I mean, th- maybe like you know, the NFL kind of gives money for the TV deal. Uh, for the XFL, you know, they just kind of give them money, but then the XFL kind of partners with the NFL in certain ways as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know exactly the how it would work because I don't think the NFL would buy out the XFL. I think they want to stay their own independent league, but um, I think there's a way for them to become a feeder. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, there's plenty of players that are either on practice squad or whatever, and you just... Um, if you, instead, if they don't make your practice squad, just send them to the XFL and right. let them play there in the off season. And then if you, they, it'll be interesting because it, it will. It, obviously, there's not 32 of them. You can't have an XFL team for every, at least not at this point, an yeah. XFL yeah. team <laughs> for every um, NFL team. So I'd be curious to see how they, if they ever do, and how that would work if they do. I would too. So uh, let's get into our last part of the podcast. So yeah. I'll pick a random number again. Out of a hundred, it's Tyson Fuss's list up, and then uh, talk okay, about that I got player. It up. So I picked up, I picked thirty-five last week, right? Uh, yes. Okay, I'm gonna go fourteen. Fourteen? Yeah. Uh, fourteen. We have Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa. Um, I think Nick Bosa is better. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's all I can really say. I mean, he, he's a really good pass rusher. Um, the Chargers. Disappointed me a lot last year. Yeah, the Chargers disappoint me every year. Like, yeah, there's, they, it feels like they always have so much. They're talent. always loaded, and somehow they just can't put it all together. I'll never forget that year. I think it was like 2008, where they had the number one defense, the yeah. number one offense, and didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, it, it's it's just weird. Uh, and I mean, I know they got rid of Philip Rivers. I'm interested to see. I guess it's become more Charger talk <laughs> than anything, but. Uh, have you seen Melvin Gordon kind of like acting like a GM on social media? Uh-uh. Uh They they were like, "What do you think about where do you think Philip Rivers should go? Col- Colts <laughs> would be the perfect fit." I, th- I did uh, see that. Yeah. Actually, yeah. <laughs> and then the and then the, somebody came out and said the Patriots are hiring AJ Green, Hunter Henry, and Melvin Gordon said, "No, you can't have Hunter Henry." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Melvin, uh, I I don't want to. Uh, He's a free agent, right? I think he didn't he. I think he re-upped. Oh, he re-upped. Yeah, I okay, think he I re-upped. I think that. they uh, they re-signed him. Uh, well, I mean, it sounds like he's gonna be on the Chargers next year. He's making making <laughs> deals for him, but um, that's really interesting. I haven't seen that. I have to it, check that out. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I just want to see the Chargers get over the hump, and if that means getting a new quarterback, I, I'd be really. That's kind of where I where I want Teddy Bridgewater to go right now. I think is probably my. That's yeah, yeah, because they could draft a guy, but. I don't he know. is a free agent. He is a free agent. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming he'll he'll resign because I mean that's what it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, that or maybe franchise tag him. Probably maybe that's possible, but I, I hope they get Bridgewater. Uh, I hope they make the playoffs. Yeah. Um, and then obviously we didn't talk about what he mentioned in Breeze announcing that he's coming back. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Um, obviously we oh, really delved from the Joey Bosa talk. But, I was um, gonna I was gonna put the, man. I messed up because I was going <laughs> to put this in the thing and I didn't. It just crossed my mind. But let's get into it since you brought it up. More than more than Breeze returning because we know what that means for the Saints. You know, you're, you're good again. You got Breeze. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. It's the same every year. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I want to talk about their QB room because I brought up Bridgewater. Uh, his future, p- potential destinations, and, and what it means for Taysom Hill. Uh, first off. Rip the days of him being a franchise quarterback. Who? Taysom Hill. Yeah. I, But I don't. I think Taysom Hill needs to be content with what he is. Uh, he's so much more valuable to me as what he does right now. 
than, than being. I, I wonder if he really believes though that he could go to he a does. team. He does. And be a, a good starting quarterback. He wanted to be the Saints starting quarterback if Breeze didn't come back. Is I, he under contract or is he a free agent as well? He's a free agent, but I, I think it sounds like he's probably going to stay in New Orleans. Really, even with uh, Breeze coming back. I think so. I I mean, who else is going to scheme him the way New Orleans does? I, I, I mean, just, if he wants to go be a quarterback, yeah. then he probably doesn't want to stay with uh, New Orleans because he's obviously unless he's banking all next year. I I would just be I'd be scared for Taysom Hill that he leaves New Orleans thinking he can be a quarterback, does not succeed, and then he's kind of stuck as a backup. Because I just, I don't think teams are going to want to utilize him the way uh, the Saints have if they bring him in, considering he's a quarterback. Like if the I could see like the the Dolphins maybe taking a flyer on him since they took a flyer on Rosen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they just kind of seem right now they're in experiment mode with the quarterback situation. And so I could see them being like, yeah, let's bring Taysom Hill in. And I could see him not playing well. I just don't think I he's don't, that valuable. I don't think he can can be an effective quarterback. Because he's catching passes right now. He's not going to do that. He's not going to be a gunner. Uh, he's not going to get the, the schemed run plays that he gets. That's the thing is... If he's running as a quarterback, it's either going to be escaping defenses or it's going to be a read option. It's not going to be the way he's schemed now where there's blockers in front of him. It's going to be a lot more improvisation. And, I mean, also throwing the ball. We've never really seen him throw the ball consistently. Uh, I don't know a team that would take – I mean, I'm sure there are teams that maybe take a flyer on him. but There's I'm, no team that's going to sign him to be their starting quarterback next year. Exactly, exactly. Because, I mean, you look at, look at the potential – I mean, you have. Th- I saw a report today that they're expecting all three of the top three quarterbacks in the draft to go top five: uh, Herbert, Tua, and Joe Burrow. So you have three potential rookies that you know you see as your franchise guy. You have Bridgewater in free agency. Uh, Brady, I mean, Brady, Rivers, yeah, Rivers, and then and then you have guys like Andy Dalton who could potentially be traded. I mean, I I take Dalton before I got Taysom, Taysom Hill. Hill. Yeah. So he's very low on my board of quarterbacks. If I'm if I'm a quarterback needy team, his smart decision would be to stay in New Orleans I, as I he agree. was this past these I past agree. few seasons. And I mean, maybe I mean maybe he thinks you know if the Colts don't sign Rivers or somebody that he thinks maybe I can compete with Brissett for that job. But man, I just don't know. I just don't see it. I I think he should stay in New Orleans. But uh, but Teddy Bridgewater's situation is much more interesting to me. Because I think he is a starting quarterback in yes. the NFL. Uh, wh- where do you think he could go as a potential suitors? I mean, I, as you kind of mentioned earlier, I could see him going to a Charger, yeah. to the Colts. I mean, really, it'll probably depend on what happens in the draft. I agree. Um, it, yeah, I don't know. I think he could succeed on most teams, though. Any of these I, QB I needy teams. I, as long as you have some pieces around him. He's not a guy that's... He's not, yeah, he's not going to make nothing out of something. Right, yeah. but, but if you have something, he's going to continue to make it something, and probably a little better than something. I mean, like with the Chargers, he has Keenan Allen and Mike yeah. Williams. Uh-huh. With the Colts, he'd have T.Y. Hilton. Right, um, Marlon Mack. Yeah. A, a very good O-line. Um, that that would be my concern if I was him going to the Chargers, that their O-line's not great. That is true. But you still have Hunter Henry, Hunter Keenan Henry Allen, as well, yeah. Mike Williams, probably Melvin Gordon. I if don't know not, if they'll keep Eckler. Have, oh, is he a free agent, too? Yeah. Oh. Oh, you know how I know that? Because Madden 20, I always sign him in the, in the uh, oh, really? after I finish my first <laughs> season of franchise. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, I think the Chargers definitely have the pieces. I think the Colts have the pieces. The Broncos could maybe be a dark horse. I wonder if they're uh, going to stick with um, Drew Locke. Drew Locke. And, and he kind of balled out. He did. He had, a, he had a good year. I just Maybe they see Bridgewater as a, as a bridge guy if they don't think Locke's you know, fully true. ready to be a starter. Because... I, that's the other good thing about Bridgewater is he's fine playing either role. Um, 
I w- if I was him, I wouldn't go to the Dolphins. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't see a situation where they probably don't draft Tua. Yeah, or Herbert. Or I Herbert, think if Tua yeah. goes earlier, they, they get Herbert. Because yeah. I, I, I saw a draft with the Lions drafting Tua. Really? A mock draft. I don't. I think the Lions should just stay with Stafford. I mean, yeah. I, I, I've always been a big fan of Stafford. I've always enjoyed Stafford, too. I think they've, they've kind of... He's always been a criminally underrated quarterback in my yeah. eyes. And it's just because the Lions haven't surrounded him with enough. Yeah. They always have decent receivers, but their running backs are never good, and their defense is always just okay. And uh, they need to be worrying about paying um, Darius Slay. I know. He's been pr- tweeting a lot about that. Oh, has he? <laughs> yeah. Like Somebody, somebody um, said, like, oh, yeah, give him $8 million. He's like, yeah, I'm packing my bags for $8 million. <laughs> I, I mean, he's but he's a great corner, so I, I think you have to pay him. I mean, it could be interesting because Prescott has not been re-upped yet, right? That's true. I forgot about I mean, him. Yeah. If, if Dallas believes they could pass up on Prescott and sign Bridgewater, now that's, like, very far-fetched. <laughs> but, I mean, I, in the grand scheme of things, you know, how much better is Prescott than Bridgewater? I think that's a question that if you're in Dallas' front office, you ask. I mean, I personally do think Prescott is probably better. I, I do, But too. I don't know if yeah. he's $40 million better. Exactly. And if you can get Bridgewater for, for 15 to 20 a year, you save half of that so money. It's Jeff Sign Cooper. And right. And then, I mean, they, they have a lot of young pieces that are going to want to get paid in the, in the couple of years. It won't be long, too. Uh, Leighton Van Der Esch yeah, needs the contract. Jalen Smith. And, uh, I mean, you know, that could completely stunt their growth as a team. And I think if, if you have Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, I think Witten said he's returning, Zeke, and then you have that O-line, and then you put Bridgewater back there, I, I mean, I think that could be enough. And then with the money that you've saved – you know, you, you maybe fill a need, which I don't exactly know Dallas's needs, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely a, a, a something to consider if you're them. So that that's going to be very interesting. I, I've always been a big Teddy Bridgewater fan, and so it's going to be interesting to see where he goes. And then you also have that other small free agent deal. I mean, I don't know how much he'll provide, but Greg Olson with the Seahawks. Yeah, uh, I, he's going to help him. Yeah, yeah, him and Will Disley, assuming he comes back healthy, because I know he was doing really good before he got hurt. Yeah, well, I saw he tweeted out that he's he's excited. He said they have one of the scariest tight end yeah. uh, rooms in the nation. I don't, I, I don't, I didn't pay too much attention to Greg Olson this year, so I don't know how much he still has in the tank at this point. But he, he gets injured a lot. He's very injury prone at this point, but he's still, I mean, a, a very solid and talented tight end. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think that pretty much about covers it. Uh, is there anything else we need to touch on? I don't think so. I think we went over everything. Yeah, so see you all next week.